Good morning, everyone. If we were to put a title on today's message, first of all, it's great to be here. It's great to share God's word and it's such a privilege. But if you were to title today's message, it would be, Who Are You Listening To? Who are you listening to? And we're going to look at a king who generally is known as a very righteous king, and that is King Jehoshaphat. He was a righteous man. He loved the Lord. First Kings 22 said that he began to reign when he was 35 years old, and he reigned for 25 years. So he reigned through the prime of his life. And as I mentioned, he was righteous. He walked in righteousness. Second Chronicles 17, verses 3 through 4, says, The Lord was with Jehoshaphat because he walked in the first ways of his father David and sought not Balaam, but sought to the Lord God of his father and walked in his commandments and not after the doings of Israel. So this is during the time of the divided kingdom. As we know, we've got the semi-good guys to the north. The house of David, for the most part, started off pretty well. And once they got towards the end, they went a little downhill. But then we've got the kingdom to the north, which is Israel, and Judah to the south. Israel, pretty much all bad all the way through. And so what they're saying here is he didn't follow after those kings of Israel to the north who were all bad, following after Balaam and so forth. Jehoshaphat walked after his father, David. They were from the lineage of David, who had an established throne uh, based on how David lived his life. And God blessed him with someone on the throne for all of time and even into eternity. Jehoshaphat also had an interest in teaching the people the laws of the Lord. Second Chronicles 7, verse 9. The first, or yeah, seven verse, 17, verse 9, excuse me. The first few chapter verses of this 7 and 8, he gathers together a bunch of teachers. And in verse 9, it says, They taught in Judah, having the books of the law of the Lord with them. They went about through all the cities of Judah and taught among the people. Second Chronicles 17, verse 9. And what happens? Well, Verse 10, 7 Chronicles, 2 Chronicles 17, 10 through 13. The fear of the Lord fell upon all the kingdoms of the lands that were around Judah, and they made no war against Jehoshaphat. So the Lord blessed Jehoshaphat because he was righteous. He walked in righteousness. He taught the people the law of the Lord. And the result is not only is there peace in Jerusalem, but it influenced all of the other nations around him at this day. So overall, we can say that Jehoshaphat was a righteous king who loved the Lord. He encouraged the people to righteousness. He taught the people the law of the Lord, and he also influenced nature, nations around him. But we're going to look at an encounter here in 2 Chronicles 18 that will bring out a particularly challenging episode for us and when you think of it in the context of an otherwise righteous king, you might think, what in the world was going through his head during this time? And that's why I wanted the message is, who are you listening to? And I think, I know, that if we look at these 
these little events here, we can pull out some relevant and timely truths for each of us. So who are you listening to? Let's start with chapter 18, 2 Chronicles. Uh, actually, 1 Kings twenty two forty four talks about Jehoshaphat as well. We, it's not up there, but it's a very short verse. It says that Jehoshaphat made peace with the king of Israel. Pop quiz. This is the teacher in me we were talking about earlier. Who was the king of Israel during this time? Does anybody know for a thousand points? That mean absolutely nothing. <laughs> oh, we have a winner from the runner of a Bible school. No surprise. King Ahab was the king to the north. And it says here that Jehoshaphat made peace with King Ahab. We get a little bit more context in the Chronicles, if you, as you know, as you go through the historical books. 2 Chronicles 18, verse 1, says, Jehoshaphat had riches and honor in abundance and joined affinity with Ahab. The ESV says he entered into a marriage alliance with Ahab. So not only did he make peace with him, but what he did is he allowed his son to marry the daughter of King Ahab and initiates this alliance. Now, this isn't the point of the message, but if you look here, Jehoshaphat had great riches and honor and abundance. And if we're not careful, riches and honor and abundance and peace in the land can really cause us to get idle and potentially not think our way and pray our way through a situation. It's kind of a warning here. Kind of a side note, but write that down for a future message if you want. <clears throat> but here he enters in to a marriage alliance. He allows his daughter to marry a lady, uh, pardon me, not a lady, furthest thing from a lady, Athaliah. She was a female, though, a woman. And this led to the offspring of Ahab and Jezebel entering into what was the otherwise a righteous line in Judah. And we'll see the consequences of this in just a minute. Corrupts the royal line and has disastrous consequences. But what's the big deal? Ahab, what's so bad about him? Well, hopefully you know that Ahab provoked, did more to provoke the Lord to anger than any king who ever reigned before him. Pastor Bailey in his book calls him probably one of the most wicked men to ever live. And that's saying a lot. He reigned for 34 years. If you read through 1st and 2nd Kings, nearly one-third of the narrative in 1st and 2nd Kings deals with the 34 years of Ahab reign and his two sons. It's quite impressive since 1st and 2nd Kings covers over 350 years, and yet one-third of that goes to Ahab, including the 20 kings to the north, the 20 kings to the south, and the 40-year reign of Solomon, all crammed into 1st and 2nd Kings, and yet one-third of it is to Ahab. Ahab had Elijah, the prophet, prophesying to him. And what do we know about the prophet Elijah? One of the greatest prophets to ever live. So we have the most wicked man, one of the most wicked men to ever live, being prophesied to and ministered to by one of the most righteous and one of the greatest prophets to ever live. So the Lord is speaking and challenging him. And yet, here we come, verse 2, 2 Chronicles 18, verse 2. After a certain years, 
Jehoshaphat went down to Ahab to Samaria, and Ahab killed sheep and oxen for him in abundance. And for the people that he had with him, pursued him and persuaded him to go up with him to Ramoth Gilead. Ahab wants to go to war, and he persuades, or he's trying to persuade Jehoshaphat to go with him. And Ahab, king of Israel, said unto Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, Will you go with me to Ramoth Gilead? And he answered him and said, Jehoshaphat's words to the most wicked man who probably ever lived, 2 Chronicles 18, we're now in verse 3. He says, I am as you are. My people as your people. Yes, we will go with you. Jehoshaphat makes an alliance in marriage. He makes a peaceful alliance with this man. And not only that, he says to probably one of the most wicked men ever, I am as you are. My people are as your people. So he makes, Jehoshaphat makes three critical errors. And we're already at two, and it's only been three verses. All right? He's made peace with Ahab. He allowed his descendants to marry into Ahab's descendants. So he married, Ahab's married to Jezebel, keep that in mind, and their daughter, this lady Athaliah, who we're going to see these consequences in just a little bit. And then, of course, later on, after he's been rebuked already, Jehoshaphat, for doing this, he makes an alliance, a similar alliance, with Ahab's son, who is just as bad as Ahab. So three times, wrong alliances. And what happens? What are the consequences of this alliance? So part one, of course, is dealing with the wrong alliances that he made, and we're going to see what happens in just a few minutes. But these consequences directly related to the wrong alliance. Well, Jehoram, who is Jehoshaphat's son, who's born of Athaliah, he becomes king after Jehoshaphat dies. He reigns about eight years, and it says that he walks in the way of Ahab, in the way of Israel. Now we've got in the, Ju- in the line of Judah, the direct descendants of King David, the testimony is he walks in the way of Ahab. He walks in the way of Israel. And he dies. He walks in the way of Israel. Now, you don't have to guess or put too much thought into where a lot of this influence came from, considering who he married, right? He reigns for eight years. After that, his son, Ahaziah, he is counseled by his princes to do wickedly and The Lord slays the princes for counseling Ahaziah to do wrong. And then, of course, Ahaziah himself is killed. And now what happens? Athaliah comes back. And she wants to kill, well, pretty much everybody, but mainly all of the descendants of King David. And what she tries to do is wipe out the line of David now for more points. Does anyone know who the only one left was? Joash. All right. We'll remember that for Bible school class, maybe. Joash is saved off by himself, but while Joash is being saved, guess who gets the throne of Judah? Athaliah, a descendant of Omri, one of the most wicked men, who is then also a descendant of Ahab, is sitting on the throne in Jerusalem. Why? We had a wrong alliance. We had a wrong alliance. I am as you are. Affinity with someone like that. Oof. So what are the takeaways from this first part? 
Well, we must never forget Psalm 1. All of it, really. But blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law does he meditate day and night, and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth fruit in his season. His leaf shall not wither, and whatever he does will prosper. Psalm 1, verses 1 through 3. Our friends, our associations, our alliances determine how we end up. Right? It's who we are with. Second Corinthians, it's not in our notes, but it's very short, 6.14. Be not unequally yoked with unbelievers. Now, am I saying we need to build a commune, and we'll call it Clearwater Church Commune, and we never allow anyone to come in, and we just only associate with ourselves? Pastor Daniel's saying no, so obviously that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> but there's a difference between having an acquaintance and saying, I am as you are. I'm walking with you. I'm standing with you. I'm being with you. And certainly the marriage relationship and the marriage alliance as well. There's a difference, and I think we all know that. We must be cautious. What's a takeaway here? Remember who we call friends. Be very careful who we align ourselves with. Very relevant for today, because there's always that message we get of, well, God is love, and he wants everyone to love everyone and be with everyone and all that stuff. And that is true. God is love, and he does love everyone. But I can love people and care for them and pray for them, but I will not make an alliance with them. I will not call them friends. I will not say, I am as you are. That's a very powerful statement to say to somebody. Okay? So that's part one. Part two, the majority is not always right. The majority is not always right. Just because you're screaming the loudest does not make you right. Okay? Verse 4, Chronicles 8, 2 Chronicles 18, verse 4. Jehoshaphat said to the king of Israel, Inquire first for the word of the Lord. Now this seems a little backwards, doesn't it? Verse 3, he says he's going to go, and now he says, well, let's inquire of the Lord. Probably should have flipped those two verses. It would have been a little bit better for everybody. David always inquired of the Lord. Not only did he inquire of the Lord, should I go? But what did he say? Will I win? <laughs> I want to know if I'm going to go, but I also want to know if I'm going to win, right? Should I go, and will you be victorious? And what happens? Ahab says, yeah, I got all kinds of prophets. It brings over 400 prophets to come. And they say three different times, verse 5, verse 9, verse 11, go and God will give you the victory. Go and you will be victorious. 400 prophets. We even have a very dramatic illustration in verse 11. Where Zedekiah, or sorry, verse 10, with a prop and everything, Zedekiah, verse 10, made for himself horns of iron. And he says, thus says the Lord. Ooh, ooh, those are the magic words. With these, you shall push the Syrians until they are destroyed. We've got props and everything. All saying, go. Now, as I said, the majority is not always right. God grants the righteous discernment. And even Jehoshaphat in this situation is going, something doesn't feel right here. And he says in verse 6, Is there not here a prophet of the Lord besides these? 
that we can inquire of. And he says that to the king. And, the, and Ahab replies, one of, my, one of the more challenging verses in Scripture, he says, yeah, there is one man who we can inquire of, but I hate him, for he never prophesies good to me, but always evil. His name is Micaiah. And where is he? Well, he's in prison. Why is he in prison? Because he never says anything good to me. I hate this guy, but I know that he speaks the word of the Lord. Even Ahab, in all of his wickedness, knew that this guy was speaking the truth. And he brings, they call him up, they bring him in. First of all, it's not a bad thing to have someone like Ahab hate you, right? Not a bad thing at all. Probably a good thing. What a testimony, though. So they bring him up. And as he's going in, the prophets, we're going to summarize verses 12 and 13 for your notes. The prophets are warning him. As Micaiah is coming up, they're warning him, verses 12 and 13. A messenger called him and says, Behold, the words of the prophets declare good to the king with one assent, with one accord, with one united voice. We're all saying the same thing, so you better get in line. Let thy word, therefore, I pray thee, be like one of theirs and speak good. Micaiah says, as the Lord lives, whatever God says, I'll say. So we get to it, verse 14. Micaiah tells Ahab and Jehoshaphat, yes, go up and prosper. God's going to give you the victory. And even Ahab can sense the sarcasm. He says, verse 15, how many times have I told you that you should say nothing but the truth to me in the name of the Lord. Even Ahab knows Micaiah saying, yeah, go up, go ahead, be prosperous, why not? And Ahab's, even Ahab says, no, no, I told you, tell me the truth. <laughs> and so, of course, he does. He tells him the truth. He discerns Micaiah, one against 400, plus Ahab, says, Okay, this is what I see. And he explains, he discerns, not only that he has the understanding of what's happening, that the Lord is in heaven trying to get rid of Ahab, planning out his plan. It says, who can go and deceive Ahab? And this spirit comes in and says, I'll be a lying spirit in the mouth of the prophets. You can read through that in verses 18 through 22. I'll be a lying spirit in the mouth of his prophets that will come forth and cause him to, to be deceived, and he'll go. And, of course, we know the end is Ahab's going to die in this battle. The prophets, Zedekiah, the same guy with the horns, comes out of nowhere, verse 20, I think it's 23, and strikes Micaiah, smacks him in the face. It slapped him. Do you really think the Lord would speak to you and not to me. I think that's the ISV. Do you really think the Lord would speak to you and not to me? And we see here the attitude of the false versus the approach of the true. The true is just saying what he knows. <clears throat> the false in this situation, first of all, when Micaiah is coming forth from prison, they're warning him, hey, buddy, you better get in line. Everybody's all saying the same thing. You better line up. They're aggressive. They're forceful. And then when they, he speaks something that's against what they're speaking, they're violent, belligerent, and they're almost condescending. Who do you think you are? 
that God would speak to you and not to me? You see the attitude of the false. Whereas the true, he responds in verse 27, skipping through, where Ahab says, throw him back in prison, feed him the bread of, of um, well, there's a very specific word they say, the bread of affliction until I, Ahab's saying this, until I turn in peace, return in peace. Feed him, put him back in jail, feed him the bread of affliction, which is a fancy way of saying, give him just water and bread until I return in peace. And Micaiah, in all confidence, says, if you return in peace, that means the Lord didn't speak. And so he knows Ahab's not coming back because he says, if you return in peace, the Lord didn't speak to me. The true is always willing to be put to the test. Whereas the false is like, get in line, buddy. You better say this. You better say this. And you see it over and over and over again. So what's our takeaway from this part? Well, we're living in perilous times, as you know. And it's only going to get more and more perilous. The Lord warns us of great deception coming, where the false comes in and says, uses fancy words. These prophets even used, thus saith the Lord. That's the magic word. I mean, you hear that, your ears go up. But that's not the truth. It doesn't always mean it's true. We'd have to be very sensitive and discerning and be mindful of, Deception. The enemy wants to deceive. Be mindful of the peace of the Holy Spirit. Colossians 3.15. Let this peace of, peace of God rule in your hearts like, like an umpire. You all know I umpire. The, what the peace of God says is go, goes. You can argue all you want, but I'm not changing my mind. What I, what I say goes on the field. The peace of God is the same way. And even Jehoshaphat felt it. He's like, ah, something's wrong. Do we have a different, different prophet that we could hear from? He had that rumbling that we all get when something's weird, right? We don't know what it is. We might not know all the details, but you're like, this is kind of icky is the best way I can say it. It feels wrong. But the truth is always willing to be put to the test. You'll know them by their fruits. And even Micaiah says, if you return in peace, that means God hasn't spoken. Always willing to be tried and proven. The false tries to pressure, tries to get you to make a decision in haste with no thought, no meditation. Let's just go, snap decision, let's do it. Now there's times when that's necessary, but you're going to have a whole lot of peace to make sure that that happens. Usually, the truth is willing to wait and be put to the test and tried and true. Think of a telemarketer or a car salesman. Oh, you got to buy this. This is the last day of the rebate. This is the last one. You got to do it. You got to do it. Think about it. They're always trying to push you and force you. Well, the false is trying to do that as well. They're very aggressive, very argumentative, very... Yeah, at times violent. They were violent here. They smacked them right in the face, right? Also, don't be afraid to stand alone. Just because you're in the minority doesn't mean you're wrong. Just because you're being shouted down by 400 people doesn't mean you're wrong. Paul, in 2 Timothy 4, 16 through 18, says, At my defense, my first defense, his first trial, no one came to stand by me. All deserted me. May it not be charged against them, but the Lord stood by me and strengthened me 
so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles might hear. Verse 18, the Lord will rescue me from every evil deed, bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. Paul said, no one was with me. Everybody rejected him. He's by himself in front of all of these accusers in the trial in Rome, and we know how that turned out. But he says, even though nobody else was with me, the Lord stood next to me. Don't ever be afraid to stand alone. Even if you are by yourself, if you're standing for what is right, the Lord will be next to you. And that's really all we need, right? I've, I'm sure we've all been through situations like this. There's more like that are like this that are coming. But don't ever be afraid to stand alone. If you're standing for what is right, the Lord will be with you, right? If we stand for the truth, he will always be with us. Now, finally, we get to the battle. Jehoshaphat has now heard the word of the Lord. It's been confirmed. What happens? Well, verse 28. Oh, see, yeah, verse 28. So the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, went up to Ramoth Gilead. And here Ahab has the mother of all bad ideas. He tells Jehoshaphat, because he knows the Lord has prophesied that he's going to kill him, Ahab says, I'm going to disguise myself, and I'm going to hide off to the side, but you, why don't you go ahead and put all your robes on, and you can go into battle with all your kingly garments, and I'm going to disguise myself and hide. Somehow Jehoshaphat thinks this is a good idea, and says, yeah, let's do that. And what happens? Well, what do you think is going to happen? Verse 30. Now, the king of Syria really headed out for Ahab. That was the whole point of this thing to begin with. King of Syria commands the captains of the chariots that were with him, saying, Fight ye not with small or great, only with the king of Israel. In other words, he tells his entire army, don't mess with anybody else. Go kill Ahab. And what do they do? Verse 31. They see someone wearing, guess what? kingly robes in his kingly chariot and say, well, that must be Ahab. So everybody tries to kill him, and it's Jehoshaphat. He almost dies, and he cries out, verse 31, Jehoshaphat cried out, and the Lord helped him, and God moved them to depart from him. Verse 32, what happens? A random arrow is drawn and thrown, and what happens? It hits Ahab, and he's killed. He dies later on. The word of the Lord is always going to come to pass, right? It was a randomly flung arrow with divine providence that strikes him down and commits and fulfills the word of the Lord. But what I want to point out here is he's heard the word of the Lord. He knows it's true, and yet he still goes into battle. And he is now in a situation where he is in mortal danger because the enemy is trying to kill Ahab. They've been, you know, there was no, was not a lot of love for Ahab based on how he was living his life. And you could have some people say, oh, the enemy was really out to get him. They almost got Jehoshaphat and, you know, this and that. But I, I've, I was told many years ago, and I've always remembered it, we give the enemy a lot more credit than what he, than he deserves. This was not the devil trying to kill Jehoshaphat. This was Jehoshaphat putting himself in a situation he should have never been in, right? 
We give the, de- the enemy far more credit than he deserves. This was reaping your own consequences here. You know, a lot of people remember James 4, resist the devil and he'll flee from you. But you got to do the submit to God part of that verse first. If you're not submitting to God, you can resist the devil all he wants. And he doesn't have to do anything. He doesn't have to go anywhere because you're not right with the Lord. <clears throat> He's suffering as a result of his own doing. He made the wrong alliance. He should have never been there. He didn't listen to the prophet who said, this is what's going to happen. The army is going to be scattered across the hills with no king, with no shepherd. Some people, I've heard a couple people say, well, he made an alliance, and that's a very important thing back in those days, and that is true. Alliances were very taken very seriously, and that's where the marriage came from, but it's better to break a bad alliance and do the right thing than go off in, de- in death where you don't belong to keep an alliance. Now, Jehoshaphat returned to Israel or to Jerusalem. He is rebuked by a prophet of the Lord in verse nine, in chapter 19, verse 2. He humbles himself. He accepts judgment from, from what he did. But the next chapter, he goes and makes an alliance with Ahab's son. And, and uh, with the result of they were building some ships to go to Tarshish, and we're not going to get into that whole part of the story, but he does it again. And the, this time the Lord says it's going to be judgment. And that's all the rest of what we hear from Jehoshaphat. So our takeaways here, we can't blame, we can't always blame the enemy for our circumstances. He was here of his own will. He listened to the wrong person. (laughs) He listened to the fact that he had an alliance probably and was getting pressure probably from Ahab, but he didn't listen to the prophet of the Lord, right? So as we close... The testimony of Jehoshaphat's life, as we said from the beginning, was he was a righteous king. He followed the Lord. He taught the law of the Lord. He instructed people. But he had this little fatal kind of error here. And it really kind of struck out to me because we're in times where we're going to have be pressured to make alliances. And you can, alliances in whatever way, shape, or form you want, friendships, whatever. Be very careful. I've always taken that so seriously of who I'll call my friend. And, and saying to one of the most wicked men of all time, I am as you are, is a very dangerous thing to say. Not only that, who are, who was our friend? And then never being afraid to stand alone. In the midst of all of this, we've got this man, Micaiah, who just stands up by himself, when no one's no one, no support whatsoever, four hundred to one—that's a not pretty overwhelming odds—and says, "This is what's going to happen." And then he gets thrown back in prison. He says, "Well, if I see you, then that means the Lord didn't speak. But otherwise, probably not going to see you again." Ahab, not afraid to stand alone. And then, of course, who are we listening to? Jehoshaphat had a prophet sharing what was going to happen, and yet still went off and almost got himself killed because of this wrong alliance and not listening to the prophets. So I think we can find some relevance out of this for today, don't you? (laughs) Who was our friend 
Who are we listening to? And don't be afraid to stand alone. Trust this was a blessing to you as it was to me. May God bless you. Have a great week. Pastor Daniel, or...